Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Uh, speaking of names, if you mm-hmm. if you're trying to struggle through watching nine and need something to get you from the opening credits to the ending credits, the show right. is much more tolerable. If every time they say Guido Contini's name, you instead in your mind replace that with Frito Contini and just imagine him as a Frito-Lay chip. Well, that would work if you lived in the States, but we don't have those, <laughs> tell me. You don't, so. have, you don't have Fritos? No, we don't have Fritos. Uh, do, wait, do you mean... Wait, what? Are you saying Frito? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, we don't have that. <laughs> is that right? You know, in Spelling uh-huh. Bee, yeah, Fritos. <laughs> weird, it's... like when he's like Fritos, Fritos M&M's, M&M's, yeah, Frito Lay potato I was just chips. Like, I thought we say, do you have a thing called a Fredo? <laughs> no, what is that? Oh, okay, Fredo is like a a UK. Well, must be. I'm just assuming UK. Uh, it's like a little mini chocolate bar that used to be really cheap and is now like forty p. Uh, nope, for like nothing. Very different. Um, and it's a frog. What? No, you don't have that. Nope. I was just, oh my god, that's so weird. I always thought he was saying Fredo, but mispronouncing it. Nope. Fritos. Frito-Lay chips. Right. Like potato chips. And like chips like crisps, not chips mm-hmm. like french yes. fries. Yes, Tommy. <laughs> I'm aware of that. <laughs> thanks. Just, but thanks, though. I just, I'm, I'm, you know, it's the teacher in me. I want to I wanna make sure I'm, I'm not being vague in my instructions. Yeah. Oh. This'll I'll find some way to put this at the beginning. Um Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little beginning of podcast. This is us at the end. <laughs> hey. Now we're at the beginning. Whoa! It's like it's like a it's like a flashback. Imagine this part of the podcast is in black and white. Okay. <laughs> we had wow. we had a bunch of people get the answer right to our quiz question last week. So many people. Would you like to know who they are? Well, first we should tell people what the question was. Okay, I'm just really excited to name drop. Anyway, yes. This series of popular children's books is rumored to be based on Liza Benelli's childhood. What are these books? Mm-hmm. And the answer was the Eloise book series. They're a bunch of picture books about Eloise. a girl who lives in a hotel. And Kay Thompson, Liza Benelli's godmother, wrote them. And so the rumor is she they're based think. on Liza Benelli's life as a... A child star of a child. Child star. Exactly. Daughter of Judy Garland. Daughter That's of Judy Garland. Yeah. I think it's completely true as well. That's probably, I think it's completely it's true. true. We've made it fact by saying it. Exactly. It's, it's on the <laughs> internet now, so it's fine. Um, would you like to know who they were? Absolutely. Like, I'm so proud of this. Congratulations, everyone. So we had Cody and Liza, right? Liza Minnelli tweeted in <laughs> and said... Uh, no, that was Liza, Miss Liza B. I don't want to put your film name out there in case. Um, we had Jonathan and Haley and Emily and Josh. I think that's everyone. If I miss someone, so sorry, but make yourself more apparent. We're so happy that you that you got it right. Thanks, everyone. I know that's so many people. We have. Thank you so much for engaging. How many? How many people is that? Was that five? Should we count? I, th- I think that might have been six. Six. Jimmy, there are at least six people who listen to our podcast. Yes. Yes. We've, we've made, made it. it. This is it. It's all downhill. Are we going to do yeah. dual musicals again? We got some. Last week, uh, Jimmy and I were stumped 
on some of these double name musical songs where it's a song from a musical that it shows up in two musicals and some people helped us out on the internet. Thanks people yeah. on the internet. But Tommy, we weren't actually stumped, were we? We no, were just, we were just seeing we were, we yeah, were, we were pu- putting so on a because we, we are masters of musical theater and we just We you know, know everything. We don't want to make anyone feel, you know, too inferior by Please. flaunting our intelligence. Yes, flaunting. Exactly. We're really nice like that. Um, but, so what did we have? Well, we had the abduction song, first of we all. We had the abduction We're song. Like, we had a few, I think that's now in like three shows, as opposed to two. The So it's in the in Fantastics. The it's in the Fantastics. It's in Parade, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in Man of La Mancha, and as well. And it's in Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. <laughs> Which is going to enjoy a revival on Broadway soon. No way! So... It is, I know. The abduction song is, or something like the abduction song is in four musicals. That's a lot of musicals about abduction. Right? Right? Mm, Says something. There you go. Um, I'm Alive. From Next to Normal, which we knew. From Next to Normal, which we knew. We knew that one. Well, we knew that, you know. Um, That was the one that we said. Uh, And Xanadu. And Xanadu. They call it Xanadu. Which, admittedly... I've never seen. Nope. I just know the song. I've seen. I've seen bits and pieces. It looks absolutely ridiculous, and that's it. (laughs) Exactly. I was really disappointed. Dancing to Xanadu about no more, because I knew Into the Woods, and I know Tick Tick Boom as well. I I know. Didn't put it together in my mind, or I pretended. But that. Do you know what I was? I was thinking about that. I was like, because I was the same for chess and you and I. Yeah. Because I was like, I I know that, and I've you know worked on it before, and. I was like, why? But these things just don't, they don't pop yeah, into your head. I think there are a lot of song titles in musicals where the title itself is just not that catchy or not that related to the thing. For no, you know, not that that's bad. Yeah. But when you have to think of 20 song titles, some of them have to be duds. Exactly. There's lots of songs yeah. of the musical theatre genre. Um, what else do we have? We had... Oh, we haven't been saying who's been giving us these. So I'll, I'll, I'll shout out everyone's name at the end that I've got, maybe. Okay, um, oh, and also Bear for You and I. Yeah, Bear for You and I, and Chess, yeah. Mm-hmm. And those were the ones. And admittedly, yeah, I, I didn't know I didn't know Bear. I, I know the songs from Bear, but if you ask me to name them, I probably, I clearly <laughs> yeah. didn't know I, their I, Yeah, I feel because, yeah, Bears, there's so many, again, there's so many so of many them songs. in Bear. Yeah, it's hard to remember what don't know the names. Are. Yeah. Hey, oh. um, and then, still, still Unknown is All This Time. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't make that connection that nobody said that. No Should we just Google it? Have you Googled it? <laughs> I, I have not Googled it. I actually it. didn't Google any of them. I imagine. Oh, look who comes up first. Michelle McManus. Oh, no, someone did tell us. Someone did tell us. Uh, one of them was um, The Last Ship. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this when someone us. said this? We got What was the other one? The other one... I don't know. I typed it. I typed it into Google, and it's also from. It's from Daddy Long Legs. Oh, is it from Daddy Long Legs? I must have tuned out before that happened. Yes. <laughs> oh, you blocked it. Out. I did Which block it out. Which I, again, I thought. I thought. Well, how topical. <laughs> so these are great. This is. These it's such great. a good game because you're like, oh, I should know that. Or I didn't. There's so much I mean? fun, That's... and people are giving us more on Reddit. I'm. I'm starting a list of these folks. We're gonna. We'll find another time to talk about all of the yeah. new ones because there's tons and tons the of app. them. The app will probably be released in like yep. April. Yep. I think we're trying. To, we're trying to get a sponsorship with Ellen, because um, we know she knows she how loves, much we love her. She loves the musical. But yeah, thank you she to everyone on Twitter. Thank you to everyone on Reddit. I know we've got uh, Music Theater Fan yep. One, Danny B seventy seven, 
uh, Small Town MT, Zace333, a uh, bunch of other people. Gay Thesbian. Uh, Joey. Joey. Sarah. Sarah. We love you. Thank you, everyone. Oh, Haley. Thanks, Haley. Oh, Haley. Especially you Haley. Haley, Haley twice. Drops. You're all great. We're, I, I like our little... I feel like we're developing a little community our here. Little com- I'm, I'm still waiting for the name of our community to organically develop. Because you know, Jimmy, if you want a legitimate fan-based community, there must be a name for the collective of people who are your community. Exactly. But I don't I don't want to, you know, I want it to be organic. Oh, I know you don't it's it's cuz you see that on YouTube and right. stuff where the people like are like I'm going to call you right. this. Yeah. <laughs> you're my oh, you're all my little stupid. sewing machines and like no I'm not. I don't yeah. want to be your like, sewing up. machines. Stop you're just it. trying to So you have to you have to wait generally. for it to happen organically. So I'm It's going to happen. Wait, it's going to happen. We've got at least six listeners now. Something. Yeah, well, more, because more, you know, oh, I yeah. do it up to ten. ten. Ten whole people. Wow. Nine people's favorite thing. Yay. We're yes. ten. We beat it. We beat it. We beat the rink. Counter and Edmund. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy Tambourines would be such a good name for, like, a cabaret act. Hi, I'm Sandy Tambourines. <laughs> sounds like an STI. I got a bad case of the Sandy Tambourines. Oh dear. I'm sure Fergie did have it Some at one point. Weird cockney rhyming slam. So obviously the only show in the world that has a Sandy Tambourine in it, I think, uh, is Nine. Is Nine the musical? Yeah. Jimmy, it's Candor and Ebb month. I know. Well, no, uh, well technically, <laughs> during recording, it's Candor and Ebb month, but as of upload time, it will be Maury Yeston <laughs> month. <laughs> oh, and no one, the, I mean, I love our listeners to death, and clearly we made the same mistake. Uh-huh. That our plan was, listeners, to do another musical by the wonderful Candor and Ebb. Yeah. And Jimmer, Jimmy, that's your name. Jimmer. Jimmer. Some people call me Jimmer, so that's okay. Jimmer? Maybe I'll, I'll try that. Yeah, I hate it, so please don't. Was like, let's let's do nine, because it's got a lot of things to talk about. And I was like, okay, right. great, because I thought it was a Candor and Ebb musical too. Turns out, it's not. <laughs> yep. It's Rob Marshall directed, and that's about it. Because <laughs> like, honestly, I was trying to think. I was like, why... Because I had never even questioned that. I'd, yeah. Obviously, no one has ever told me that. No, I thought it was. Yeah, and I was trying to work out why. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of similarities in style, maybe? Maybe that's just the Rob Marshall movie. Dreamy, conceptual, Yeah. you know, ideas But even sometimes. just the jazz. Like, if you had even told me, you know, going into the movie and I didn't know any better that it was based on, like, Fosse choreography, I would have been like, okay. I could see yeah. that, but no. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Tommy Toon, like... It's just Tom... Well, Tommy Toon, I mean, that's... He's a wonderful, tall human being. He's so tall, isn't he's, he? He's, he's great, like seven though. 7'2". There was great... I think yeah. it was uh, when Kristen Chenoweth was hosting the Drama Desk Awards, and there's a right. great clip of her standing next to Tommy Toon, and oh it my is gosh. amazing. I've not seen that, but oh, that, it's but so that's good. the perfect I'll, I'll pair. I'll look it up and put it in the notes. I actually think Tommy Toon's best thing to date um, was Arrested Development Season 4. Yes. But nine. Nine, nine, nine. Nine. So you hadn't seen it. 
I had only ever seen um, Fergie singing Be Italian and yeah. um, What's-Her-Face, the original Broadway one, singing Be Italian. Yeah. And that was maybe the extent of my knowledge. After listening to it a couple times, I think I had heard bits and pieces of a couple other songs here and there, like My Husband Makes Movies sounded familiar, but I knew very little about this show going in. I always think My Husband Makes Movies sounds like springtime for Hitler. My husband makes movies to make them he lives a kind of dream it's springtime for hitler and germany a little bit i think it has some of the same it's similar it's the same chord progressions and really the same plot too i think yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's i know that's what mel brooks was wanting when he wrote that it was just an emulation of <laughs> the Moriesten classic. His his inner Italian. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, so what did you think about it? See? This is, see, this is the wrong way to do this. This is this there's no drama uh. <laughs> in this, Jimmy. There's no drama. We have to build the narrative for our listeners. Okay. Jimmy says to me, the movie nine is awful. I hate it. Yeah. It's the worst thing in the world. Why do you think it's the worst thing in the world? So obviously I've watched it again since. I've put myself uh-huh. through that. And I'm going to be honest, like, I didn't know much about the actual musical, right? Mm-hmm. I knew that some of the songs were different. Uh-huh. I think I'd like listened to it once or whatever, but didn't really know how they were, how they differed. Turns out they actually differ quite a lot. A whole bunch. And watching it back, I know exactly what I didn't like and what I didn't yeah. like was Daniel Day-Lewis. In fact, no, what I didn't like was most of the cast, <laughs> like, <laughs> at all, uh-uh. because it, it, so much of it was... Uh-huh. Kind of, I would say, incorrectly stunt casted. Yeah, Daniel Deleuze is so bad. He's he's really effing bad because it's all true. you need to do, and what I have done since, is mm-hmm. watch Antonio Banderas mm-hmm. at the Tonys at the Tonys in two thousand three or whatever, and it's insane. And suddenly you're like, oh, it's a nice song to listen to. <laughs> oh, it's interesting and dynamic. <laughs> and it it genuinely completely changed my view. But mm-hmm. not in the film, sadly. So, so, if- so, but right. The last thing, the last thing I said to you uh-huh. on the last pro- pod- podcast was, there's lots of things that are wrong with it, but there's lots of things I love or something like that. I said something I, to that. Effect. I think, I think your words were, "I've never watched the movie without falling asleep." I right. I also said, said that. <laughs> yes, but no, because that's the thing is there is so much wrong with it, and there's so mm. much that I really dislike, but. At the same time, there's some of like my favorite musical moments in it. Maybe before we get too deep in, if if someone had never seen mm-hmm. or heard of Nine before, what would be your your description of it? So it is this director Guido Contini who mm-hmm. is kind of in the midst of making his next hit um, movie. He's like based on Federico Fellini, who's mm-hmm. obviously one of the seminal Italian directors, and. He's struggling to like come up with inspiration, so he looks to all the women in his life mm-hmm. and is very arty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it kind of spirals and he changes or doesn't change at the end. And yeah. But that's it. It's it's this kind of one man show and the women orbiting him basically. Around him. It's it's a director's story of writer's block in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, but also just it, him just being an like a really like a, a sad artist, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like he's too, yeah. he's indulgent, Mo- like moody artist moments. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's kind of gotten to that stage now where he's lost sight of 
why he's doing it, and yeah. he looks to the women in his life. Yeah. One of the the major plot points is that he has like his movie is supposed to start shooting in a week or something mm-hmm. and they're building the sets and everything but he hasn't written the script yet yeah and he's, he's done know. press about it and yeah. everything and there's nothing it's just nothing. a non-film and he's freaking out man and in the end he just makes it about his life <laughs> which is you know right what you would do which is a whole other problem exactly but in the midst in the kind of midst of it there's a breakdown of his wife um relationship mm. Oh my god, I can't speak. I just, I just said his wife relationship. <laughs> it was a breakdown of his, his relationship, relationship with his wife. Yeah. That's a, another part of the story. But really, yeah. it's just about him. There's no there's no subplot. There's no anything. It's just it's him yeah. and his, his women. So have you... So so it sounds like you liked the movie more this time around? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> but same. I, completely same. I understood a bit more of it. I, I mean, when it came out, when did it come out? Like, it was 2009. 2009. 2009. So what age was I? I was, actually, I was reasonably old. <laughs> like 40? Well, I was like, yeah, I was in my 40s at that point. No, like, it must be 19. Anyway, I fell mm. asleep, so I wasn't ever really going to understand much of it. But this time I didn't fall This is the first time I've watched it and not fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. So that's huge. So it was... Still not very good. And like I say, Daniel D. Lewis. Just I mean, what did you think about him? Am I being silly? I like Daniel D. Lewis. I think he's he's like the most well known actor for being method and taking all these amazing parts. And I was like, your accent's god awful. Yeah. You're I I don't really get you or like you in this role at all. What do you think? I mean, the whole thing is a rock star cast. So it's Daniel Day Lewis, uh what the French girl, um, Marion Cotillard. Marion Cotillard. Uh, Penelope Cruz. <laughs> Judy Dench. DJD. Dame. Dame Dench. Uh, for you. Dench. <laughs> Dame Dench. I love that. Isn't Dame Dench. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Um, no, she is, but I just, I've never heard of without the Judy. That's great. <laughs> Sophia Loren. Uh, Kate Hudson. Um, who's the American? Nicole Kidman. Oh, Christ. Yeah. She's Australian, but yeah. Uh, well, you know, a countries, <laughs> they're all the same. She's been in American films. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's like the a rock star cast. Yeah, and it's, it really, it, really is. And not like stupidly stunt casted, like, oh, let's just grab any old actor. Yeah, no, they're Some all of them great performers. theatre and yeah. have, can sing and that's all good. Penelope Cruz, surprisingly talented singer, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I liked her. I, even even Daniel Day Lewis, for as sucky as he was, his singing was technically not as sucky as I expected it to be. Hmm. As you expected <laughs> it to be, I'm glad as you I expected added that quota. It to be. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it was it was passable. I, mm-hmm. I think his acting choices in it were no good, but he could get through a song. Yeah, he could. He could. <laughs> in a very unusual way, one time I need. In a very unusual way, you were my friend. Maybe it lasted a day, maybe it lasted an hour, but somehow it will never. Surprisingly, my, my one of my lowest, least favorite moments is Nicole mm. Kidman. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because that's, I mean, that song is beautiful, having listened to it outside of the film. It's actually mm. lovely. And she's so, it's like, I don't know where she's gone since um, yeah. Moulin Rouge. Because obviously, yeah. you know, she's never been the one the greatest singer in the world. That's fine. But Moulin Rouge, I don't know whether they just altered gender to perfection. Right. But I, th- I thought she was all right. Like, she's yeah. perfectly fine. This, it was so dour. It was, yeah. oh my God. If you if you've never seen Nine the the movie, it's very much structured similarly to Chicago. There's a lot of mm-hmm. one, one of the big conceits of Nine the musical is that uh, Guido Contini's the director's life is kind of coming up to heads with his movie life. Like the mm-hmm. the dreams he creates in movies are very much like the life he lives, and sometimes it's difficult to tell the two apart. And so yeah. the whole thing is told through a lot of pseudo commentary flashbacks or limbo Flash sideways yeah, yeah, limbo scenes, scenes yeah that are usually the musical numbers um mm-hmm. a lot like chicago that comment yeah. on what's going on and all of them and a lot like cabaret as well yeah like cabaret too it's got it's the very that meta feel which I, I I think that's why we thought it was candor Neb because yeah like, because it does the same and and because that's thing. yeah also like also like kiss of the spider woman do you know what yeah. I mean like these it's, kind of concept that dream like kind things. of at least the movie is because that's the thing i think on on stage mm-hmm. the, it, it's the whole thing's conceptual do you yeah. know what i mean have, have you ever seen it on stage i've seen the tony performances and other bits I and bobs actually read the script the other day oh great I was amazed at the differences right okay interesting because I, I know, obviously, I know the, the story and the plot yeah. outline. The, I mean, even that is has some staggering differences. Mm-hmm. The general idea is the same. He, you know, can't write the film. They escape to the spa and, you know, hilarity and mayhem ensues. What is different are subtle but important plot differences. It mm-hmm. starts at the very beginning with his wife saying, I want to get a divorce. Yep. Which is very different from the movie, where his wife is like, "Oh, I miss you. Oh, come, uh-huh. you know." Whoa, well, baby. the first shot of the movie is Nicole Kid- Nicole Kidman coming in and kissing him, right. and like she's one tiny fraction of the whole thing, and it makes yeah. it look like that that's she's gonna be huge and so important right. in his life, and uh-huh. not not true. What is so interesting about the so the the title of the musical Nine is a little ambiguous as to why it's mm-hmm. called. Why do you think it's called Nine? Well, I, I know why they've called it nine because I've read the quote from Maury Yeston. So, <laughs> well, but I think so. What, what did he? What did Yeston say? So it, it's called the the original was called Eight and a Half, right? Because um, he had Federico Fellini had done like five feature films, two short uh-huh. films, and, uh, and that commercial or something or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then Maury Yeston was like, and now we've added music to it, and that's the final half, making it up to nine. Making that's what nine. he said. But there's also the like so um throughout the whole thing not only is there older guido but there's um young guido conti yes of course who uh-huh. is nine years old mm-hmm. and a much bigger part in the play than yes the, a he- uh, much the bigger film. part and kind of plays this like inner id of the director like what's going on in the back of his mind mm-hmm. um in the movie and even in the marketing for the movie they very much make it about the nine women in Contini's life. Yeah. In the play as written, there aren't nine women. No, exactly. <laughs> it's very it's actually 
intentionally written like the producer they have it's rewritten he or she and they give mm-hmm. them different names depending upon which actor you cast it's just it's just such a weird choice to make for the movie because i think i i mean I, well i didn't i didn't know that and i but i assume the reason that they've done that is mm-hmm. because it's more sellable or right. it's like the nine you know people don't need to you know research and wonder why it's called nine it's like right. well we'll add in kate hudson and suddenly look like, nine and people suddenly nine go. people yeah but it it makes it yeah I had a lot of problems with the movie, if you can't tell. I thought, I think, if you haven't seen the movie, watch Fergie sing Be Italian. Yeah, go on YouTube and watch that. Should we just talk about Fergie? Let's talk about Fergie. <laughs> okay, let's start. Let's, Fer- let's get well, the good out of the way. Well, we'll get the welcome, good out of the welcome way. To, welcome to Fergie Corner here at uh, yeah. Jim and Tomic's Happy Hour. We're happy you're here. It's well known that Tommy and Jimmy are <laughs> massive Black Eyed Peas fans. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Fergie is our queen. I don't know. I mean, you, did you like Black Eyed Peas when you were younger? Uh, that's a band, right? Right. <laughs> they sang the Oprah. They, when Oprah I had her they birthday, sang Oprah? they surprised her. Did they? I think I so. actually, I actually did quite like Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, I had all of their albums actually, unless Ooh. there was like another one that I didn't have A that was new album. and didn't do well. But I had like their their main two, so I I I was happy with fergie hearing that casting you're you're a big fergie fan do you have any do you have any fergie t-shirts i have no fergie t-shirts sadly not yet anyway <laughs> maybe that's coming but no i've i've yeah I, I like her i think she's a mm-hmm. she's got some great pipes and she, she um, knocks this her. song out of the park doesn't she just right and so she plays this character called seragina mm-hmm. who in um contini's life is sort of the the kind of his sexual awakening almost yeah. he didn't have sex with her because he met her <laughs> when he, he was nine, nine. um <laughs> but she was the one to, that told him about love mm. and her song is be italian mm. and she's saying if you want to win women then you just have to kind of be yourself mm. and be everything that italy is um and the number in the film is so spectacular yeah. and amazing and huge and it's fantastic. It's kind of equivalent to Cell Block Tango. Yeah. If we're looking at Rob Marshall standards, yeah. it's it's up there. And it's maybe not as conceptual, but I would say choreographically. Choreographically. Better. Yeah. In in production style. Yeah. You know, big big lots of lady numbers. Yeah, oh, so good. And because I'm um, I don't, I don't know if this is the same in the play. You might be able to tell. Yeah. But um, he, in the film, he meets Sergio you know, on the the beach. Mm-hmm. Does he do that in the film as well? He uh, in the play. In the he play? he does. You know, as much as you can on stage. It is a similar uh-huh. flashback to nine year old Guido Contini 
mm-hmm. meeting the prostitute Sergeina. Because that's the bit they did on the original Tony performance. So, you little Italian devils, you want to know about love. Saragina, she will tell you. When you love, do not love like the English, do not love like the French, and never love like the Germans. <laughs> With the boys in knee pads, which is just... It's so funny, isn't it? It's so it was, funny. I, I, do you know what? I really liked it. I thought it was quite controversial, because they're making these, like, four young boys act like women. Yeah. Do you know what I, mean? I, I quite like that. Yeah, I mean, and that I think that's part of the core of what the, the movie, the musical's about, too, is that kind of... You know, he got his weird, awkward sexual awakening at nine, and now he is who he is. Yeah, exactly. But no, for Fergie, like, she, she, she's really bloody good. Because yeah. uh, Sergina, she's not supposed to be, you know, the most beautiful woman in the world. She's supposed to be this kind of, like, tousled prostitute. Mm. And that's, Fergie's given that that's, yeah. all over the shop. Do you know what I mean? She's the least kind of glamorized out of all the women. Mm-hmm. And... I just think gives this ink uh, vocally, vocally this by far the strongest yeah, performance. Absolutely, and it's ju- it's just that a whole well shebang. choreographed number. It's you know very yeah. it's very well filmed. I do think the thing I enjoyed most about all of Nine the movie is it is very mm-hmm. pretty. It's very good cinematically. Yeah, you know it's definitely an art piece in that way, which is important. It's a movie about making movies, so you you have to you know, pay special attention to those kind of things. It has to look like a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, true. And the set pieces and things are, are lovely. Yeah. But I just feel that's where the, the joy ends. Yeah? Yeah. Like, well, no. Okay, no. Marion Cotillard is stunning. She's fantastic. I really... She's really bloody good. I enjoyed her... Um, the, my husband makes movies in the play happens very early on. It's the it's her um, introduction mm-hmm. song. It's how we learn about her being the wife. Um, in the movie, it happens, you know, at the somewhere in like maybe halfway, Act Two it? storytelling. Yeah, uh, and it's stunning and moving and beautifully sung. If I cared at all about um, Guido at that point, it would have been yeah. heart wrenching. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, what the song is about mm. is. Louisa, her character, she's basically talking about how she's completely lost touch with her husband because he's getting so consumed by his art now. Mm-hmm. Um, and how she just kind of has to to go along with it. And I think, for, I mean, for me anyway, I think mm. Louisa's the star. Yeah. Certainly of the film. Yeah. Um, because you don't like anyone else. You don't like anyone else. <laughs> so you have to oh. like her. Um, and she, she, you know what I mean, she is... You really, really feel for her. I mean, I think in in seeing, you know, the both adaptations in the script of the stage musical and the movie, mm-hmm. I think the large difference is where the musical succeeds very much at being a story of a man with severe artistic writer's block. The movie... Mm-hmm ends up being the story of a chauvinistic man and the women he's used throughout his life. Right. Which is just, that's not a stage-worthy story. That's not a story to tell. And it happened because they did this stunt casting with all these women. It's so chauvinistic. It is, to the point where it's actually kind of disgusting. And And you know what, see, since watching it again, Mm -hmm. from now that I've matured a little bit and understand feminist issues and things like Mm -hmm. that, my God, if they tried to put that film on today, 
Oh God! They would burn it because yeah. it is it's so gratuitous and yeah. stupid, and yeah. there's like none of these women get portrayed <laughs> in a good light. No, do you know what I mean? They're either waifs, yeah. stupid, oversexualized, yeah. or undersexualized. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And or your Sophia Loren and God knows a soulless a soulless right. mother. Yeah, like even the the secondary non sexualized character like Sophia Loren, like Judy Dench, are still yeah. non powerful and under Guido's foot, which is just disgusting. And they were, do you know what the thing that annoys me as well? Mm-hmm. Because I think um, what's her, what's her, is it Lilia Lillian? What's the name of the Judy Dench's character? Uh the costume designer. Yeah. Whatever her name is. Well, in, in the play, I don't think she's she's a producer. Lily, yeah. Uh, she's not. They're, yeah. I mean, so in in the play, the song she sings... Uh, Folie Bergère. Yeah, um, which your French is better than mine, is sung... I speak fluent French, so <laughs> I don't. Is sung not by the costume designer, who's a made-up character for the movie, but by the producer. And mm-hmm. this is where... So this is where I wonder about both the movie and the musical, the whole thing. Like, it's all described and portrayed as this surrealist meta experience, right? We're already Uh in this world where the line between Guido's life and Guido's art is so blurried to become non-existent. Mm -hmm. In the musical, the whole point of the song Folie Bougère, oh, yes, you're welcome, everyone in France. Um, <laughs> is that the producer is angry at Guido because he or she had signed him to do a musical. And the whole plot of the song is like, I don't, no one understands the art today. It's too existential. The cinema today is in a crisis. Directors are so existentialist. The movies are not well, there are trans prices. If no one sings a love song when they're kissed. Continue, I want a musical. Love cannot be loved without less singing. A string, a clarinet, a saxophone. Take a lesson from this old Parisian the finest entertainment she has known. What a show it's too difficult to get into. We need something mm-hmm. like the old, you know, French can-can houses that is easy and burlesque and simple. Why can't you do a movie like... Why can't you do a musical like that? Because a musical Mm -hmm. that is intellectual is not going to survive. Meanwhile, you actual audience members sitting there watching Nine the Musical are watching this strange, surrealist fantasia that also happens to be a musical. Like, there's... 15 levels of meta commentary going on all at once. And that's what makes the stage musical really, really wonderful. And what makes me wonder Mm -hmm. about the movie musical, because one of the reoccurring themes about the movie that Guido's not writing is like, you don't care. Movies, movies are about flash and finesse and you know, the content Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. And meanwhile, you're watching a movie that's about flash. 
where the content doesn't matter, which like that's not the way to write a movie, but also could be accidentally genius art making. Mm-hmm. And that's your two pens. <laughs> and, that's, and that's all I have to say about that. They just downsized that role. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh my god. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They just made it like, oh, she's a costume designer. Yeah. That's fine. And like, it's Judy Dench. I it's dare. Judy Dench, and Judy Dench is fabulous. The parts she does is great. She's like. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think the movie is bad through very little fault of the actors in it. Yeah, unless you're Nicole Kidman. Unless you're Nicole Kidman. You can do or, or Daniel Davis. <laughs> that's, that's true. I would like to be here. I would like to be there. I would like to be everywhere at once. I know that's a contradiction in terms and it's a problem. Especially when... My body's clearing 40 as my mind is nearing 10. I can hardly stay up. So, spoilers. So, you, how, how does Nine the movie end? Tell our listeners. What, what, um, what is the conclusion of him not being able to make this movie? He what, walks into the sunset as a child. Uh-huh. Yeah, basically. With right? his mum. It's, it's, it's very like he you know he tells everyone we'll never write this movie and then takes a break for a long time grows a beard and then goes back. oh right so you mean that i thought you meant like the very end no no i mean you know how do we conclude this problem oh, right, the whole, well no he, he's about to commit suicide it, does he almost commit suicide in the movie i think so i think i went to the bathroom during that is that not implied? Have I, I got that wrong? I totally missed that. I know he almost commits suicide in the stage play, and I think that uh-huh. was cut from the movie. Is it? Yeah. I just thought that was implied. Mm-mm. I mean, if it is implied, it is not as overtly implied as it is in the Broadway musical. Right, okay. Oh, interesting. But either way, he still walks into the sunset. Yeah, uh, happy ever after. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. All the women in his life come back in beautiful white outfits and watch him make this movie in dreamland it's very like sunshine and roses in the stage musical all the women of his life leave him and he pulls out a gun and like gets inches away from shooting himself until he's confronted by younger guido who's like no no this is just about growing up give me the gun he gives the gun to the little kid and then all the women come back into his life except his wife and he moves on like it is a much darker more ambiguous ending you know guido does not get what he wants in the stage musical yeah which and the thing is is that almost that almost makes the movie worse yeah again yeah because you don't like daniel de lewis Mm-mm. so you don't want it to, you no. know what i mean you don't want him to get his way he, d- he doesn't and deserve he still it still manages it no he really a doesn't. lying cheating bastard throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. and he still gets his happy ending yeah he doesn't for he doesn't have that scampiness that yeah, I think he has in the in the sh- in the musical. Yeah, and whether that, I mean, I don't know where because he's 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 kind of he's not scampy. He's he's like fun. You can tell he's you know immature. Yeah, but he's, not he's in a charming a, way. No, right. He he needs some kind of like James Bond suaveness that Daniel Day Lewis is missing. Like, yes, he's a womanizer, mm-hmm. but you understand it. I also think in the musical he's a much less successful womanizer. Where in, where in the movie, when he lies to his wife for a long, long time, she, like, openly accepts his lies. In the stage mm-hmm. play, 
She's much more like, no, no, you're lying, but it's okay. This is how we live our life. You lie to me. Yeah. And then we go on. And that's so much yeah. more complex and gives the, you know, female character so much more power. And it's mm-hmm. a shame that that got lost on the transition to the screen. I know. I don't understand why. Well, did you know in the, um, in the revival, mm-hmm. the Antonio Banderas revival, mm-hmm. um, they slightly tweaked the ending? Yeah. Um, so that instead of, well, basically, once they all come back uh-huh. and leave, he leaves, or no, I think. Um, as baby is walking away with uh-huh. mum, Louise like like comes back oh. and is like, I don't know. I think he like turns to her or something, uh-huh. but it's implied that he's like forgiven her or he's ready to change. That there's some some reconciliation there. Re- yeah, exactly. But again, I think I I probably wouldn't mind that if it yeah. was Antonio Banderas. Yeah, especially because he sang really well. So, yeah. oh, and in that kind of. <laughs> ambiguous land you know ending ending a musical i think is one of the most difficult parts of writing a musical mm, is, for sure Z's. you know unlike a movie where you can kind of coast out a little bit and denouement a little bit musicals often mm-hmm. have much more distinct shorter specific yeah. endings and it's hard to find the you know t- subtle changes in an ending can have big effect on the content of a show for sure Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. One thing I want to touch upon, yeah, this play and and women, right? For sure. So we've already talked about it in the podcast before mm-hmm. about how out there in the musical theatre world there ain't that many roles for women, for strong women, yeah, for strong women. On the surface, mm-hmm. nine seems fantastic, yeah, because you're getting what is it something like twenty odd like speaking female roles or something yeah. like that let's see who are the guys in this show guido young guido that, I, i'm pretty sure that's it those are the only ones specifically uh and then the the uh, little boys with little guido yeah the, uh, the boys in the in the libretto for about half of the roles they give female and male names for either of the characters and the primary names for all of them are female 
but they make no yeah. specificity throughout the whole thing as to which is preferred, which is cool and interesting. For for even like the main roles? For um Or do you mean like the supporting for uh Lily LaFleur, the producer, for Linda uh-huh. Darling, LaFleur's mysterious accomplice, for the critic, uh-huh. for a bunch of then there's there's two choruses in the stage play the italians and the germans and the germans yeah and they're all initially listed as women but given male names um but it it is interesting interesting. to me that it isn't cast all of these people as women it is like they put this flexibility in and i don't know when like this is the sam french libretto from a couple years later i don't know if it's been revised for the sake of schools who might not it, have I think it women. must be true, because there's never been a professional production yeah. that has had males. But throughout, I mean, you know, it, you can put all sorts of author's notes in, and there are throughout here, and none of them say mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, how they want these roles gendered, which is so interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd be... It's one of those ones, like... Uh, me as a director, I would never mm. think, right, I want to put on a production of Nine and I want to make these people male. Right. I'd feel so bad about yeah. doing that. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because there's no need for it. No. Um, and it would then call it to question, like, Guido's sexuality, which right. I don't which think you want to raise. It's too, you know, it's a complicated enough show. Yeah. So, yeah, on the surface, mm-hmm. it seems like this fantastic show for women and, you know, it, they're so underrepresented in musical theatre mm-hmm. as it is. This is perfect. But then the parts that they're kind of handed yeah. are really just a bit naff. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. do you know, I mean, uh, with the exception of Louisa. Yeah. Um, a mistress, a whore. It, everything else is pretty, yeah, everything's so 2D. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, they all just, you're, 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 um, what's, what's that? Your intention is, you're in love with Guido. Right. Or you want Guido to do well. Exactly. That's your motivation for right. anything. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And good luck trying to develop any further than that because you're not given anything you're not else. Given anything. And, you know, Guido is always on stage with you in your thing. You know, uh, half yes. of it, where, where the movie is very cut and dry in its flashed sideways and reality yep. the stage musical blends the two very very much Guido can be in the middle of conversation with one girl while another is in his mind lying across his lap and yep. there's a lot of that like and then you you know get all cozy with Guido and and like mm-hmm. th- I I struggle with this because I think there is nothing wrong with of course, there's nothing wrong with playing a prostitute, with playing a mistress on stage, mm. or including them in your literature. That's fine. Just give them more dimension than their occupation. Exactly, exactly. And that's like that's that's what they are. They are what they are to Guido. Yeah. And I get obviously the whole thing is about him, so mm. you can't do that much. But try. I don't know. Like, yeah. it, it, otherwise, it, it's. Well, it's not be, good, you because know, it's not it's, fun. Because it's, in many ways, a story about how his relationships with women are falling apart, it should mm-hmm. be because of some action the women have taken, not because Guido can't keep up, you know, because he's, yeah. he's losing his edge, which is how it kind of comes out throughout the thing. Mm-hmm. It should be because they're strong, independent ladies and won't put up with it. Yeah. Exactly. Which exactly. would not change a lot of the content of the plot at all. Like, we're talking differences of all. adding a line or two here and there. 
Yeah, because if you look at um, is there has her name Carla? I'm so bad with the names. Um, what's the name of the the movie star? The no, is mistress. Carla is the mistress. Claudia is the actress. Claudia's yeah. Claudia's Nicole Kidman. Yeah, is it Carla? The Carla, guy, right? Carla. Yeah, Carla. Like when she comes back, mm-hmm. um, and says that she got her divorce mm-hmm. and expects him to fall at her feet. Yeah, and then doesn't. She just runs off crying and yeah. that's that's your part done how crap how crap is that you get you know what is a pretty good song in a call to the vatican that's yeah. a fun conceit yeah but you just have to grind around and touching yourself right. okay and then you get to come back and run off crying because you just got jilted by a man yeah like what that's it, that's it. <laughs> Do you know what i mean how crap and not realistic is that it's it's like what how how did any of these women fall in love with him with him, I know. At no all. one's that sexy. No, especially not Daniel Day-Lewis. Not even if you're Tommy Toon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tommy Toon, he's a looker. Hey, he ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I could do a lot worse than Tommy Toon. You could. Tommy. I just don't... The, the geometry of it all is what I wonder. Well, um, I'm tall, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can have. T- I'm not saying that I'm in love with Tommy Toon, by the way. That isn't a thing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Maybe. Uh, Jimmy is in love with Tommy Toon, 76-year-old Tommy James Toon. That's me. Mm-hmm. I love him. Do you think that's actually his last name? Toon. Toon. It is. No, Toon. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is. is. It's not like a stage name. Huh. Which is odd, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Huh. I mean, but then he probably came from a theatrical background, so nope. his parents... Toon was born in Texas to oil rig worker, horse trainer, and restauranteur Jim Toon and Ava Mae Clark. Wow. Well, there we go. It it was destined. Because you can't get anyone more theatrical than Tommy Toon. Like, he is the most theatrical human in existence. It's true. Everywhere he walks, it's suddenly a play. And it's fabulous. Black and white, I love the play of light The way Contini puts his image through a prism I feel my body chill, gives me a special thrill Each time I see that Guido neo-realism I love the dark and guys with their skinny little ties Dressed mind looking out of sight I love to watch them as they cruise with their pointy leather shoes Wearing shades in the middle of the night Whatever Guido does, it makes me smile He is the essence of Italian style I love the glamorous Latin world that only Guido can portray Continue cinema, Italiano I love his cinema, Italiano Nine, the musical. Nine. Not by Candor and Ebb. I, I want to compare it to All That Jazz. For sure. Just so I can talk about Fosse. Yeah. <laughs> all That Jazz or Chicago. Or All That Jazz, you mean. Oh, the, the film, All That Jazz. I don't know. Have you seen it? I have not. Tell me about it. <gasps> oh, joy. Okay, great. Oh my gosh, this is great. Okay, so <laughs> All That Jazz. Uh-huh. All That Jazz is is like... It, I mean, it's, it's kind of what Nine, I guess, wants to be. Okay. It's... It, directed by Bob Fosse. I uh-huh. don't think written by Bob Fosse. I don't okay. know who's a writer. Kind of semi-autobiographical. Uh-huh. So it's about this choreographer who is, you know, working through writer's block and is, is trying to, like, bring on this new idea and kind of wants to be at the forefront of things. Mm. And it's... Uh, 
about kind of the women in <laughs> the women in his life, uh-huh. uh, okay. his ex wife, his girlfriend, and his daughter, uh-huh. who try to like kind of pull him from yeah, I guess just like this pit of despair that he's in. Okay. Um, he's also like really unhealthy because uh-huh. uh, he's a big smoker. Uh-huh. So I, I can't remember if he's got cancer or not, something. And yeah, really, he's like really ill. He's gonna die. Uh-huh. And they like bring him back. So, have you never seen um, like Stop Change? You've had a change your ways. No, Mm-mm, no, I don't think so. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! You're missing out so much because <laughs> some like because what's really interesting. I mean, uh-huh. obviously, me as a Fosse obsessive, uh-huh. I love it. Of course, a because he thing. So this is it, right? So I was thinking about this. Uh-huh. You know, Fosse and Guido Contini yeah. aren't that dissimilar. They're mm. both unlikable. Yeah. Hugely talented. Both needy genius artists. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But because of their genius, it's probably I imagine you know, Stevie's the exact same. Yeah. Because of their genius, you you just give them it. Yeah. But I just don't feel Guido Contini in the film anyway mm. gives you that because you don't get his genius because yeah. he's fictional. Also, by the way, it's not Fosse in the film. Okay, that's not the name it's, of the someone, character. Someone it's, is playing Fosse. Yeah, it's Joe Gideon is his gotcha. name, okay. and yeah, it's just got some amazing numbers in it, and it takes you through uh-huh. like the whole arc of Fosse's career. Huh. So, have you never seen Take no. Off with Us? No. Oh, uh, okay. That I'm about to change though. your life. Right. What's that from? I'm about to... Oh, Hamilton. <laughs> <Shocker>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you know what's so good? What? We, um... Every time we do a podcast, uh-huh. we always have a little bit of a digression. Uh-huh. And it's always something that's one of my favourite things. <laughs> that I've and never this seen. Is, this is another moment. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. Right, so I'm pasting it over. I'm so okay. excited to put this in the show notes. This is so fun. Because <laughs> we can never talk about this because it's not on a stage. So this is Take Off With Us. Okay. Does it jump into erotica? Oh, this looks fabulous. Yes, it does. Oh my gosh, amazing. So this is two numbers in one. This is Take Off With Us uh-huh. slash erotica. Okay. Right? So the idea is that um, Joe Gideon is presenting this to the producers as one of the numbers from his new show, um, which he wants to be like quite in your face and interactive mm. and, mm. you know, and very much like Fosse yeah. towards the end of his career when he was getting weird, doing weird, weird stuff. Mm. But it worked. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It was so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, enjoy. I'm going to watch along with you. <laughs> it's so good. It's really weird, right? Uh-huh. I'm just going like, to enjoy this because it doesn't need an explanation. <laughs> For the listeners, if you're still listening, Tommy's face is a picture. <laughs> and if you watched it, yours would be too. <laughs> Jeez, this is just porn. They're just taking their clothes off. Right. Do you ever want to know what kind of theatre I want to create? Uh-huh. This is it? You're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting naked. Yeah, there's boobs. <laughs> I, I don't do boobs, Jimmy. Sorry, should have warned you. <laughs> Warning. Warning. There boobs. will be boobs. Um, it's, nipple's my least favorite word. Um, really? But anyway, yeah, 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 totally. It's weird. It's like onomatopoeic. Nipples. Oh, it's disgusting. Nipples. Um, oh, <laughs> stop it. But it's good because it's not gratuitous, this yeah, no, it's, that we're seeing. It is, it's just, it is it's important. Definitely a part of the art. Well, there you go. That was not what I expected. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he does it again. So anyway, I don't know how much that you'll put in, but that's 
isn't it fantastic? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that that isn't what the film's like. But that's just right. like one example. But there's like loads of other kind of finale number uh-huh. um, called "Stop Change" or "Change" uh-huh. or one of them is oh, it's so good. It's it's really harrowing. Uh-huh. Push comes shove. All that jazz. Everything nine should be. <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> that's my I think what nine is missing that that seems to have is examples of the artist's successful work. Mm, that's a nice idea. You know, because in, in Nine, they spend the whole time talking about, like, you used to do great movies, not the flops. Um, yeah. But we never explicitly see any. I think there's kind of yeah, the you assumption... You never see his art. Yeah, I think there's kind you know, like, make the production numbers, or maybe just a couple of the production numbers, let's insinuate that... You see, that's the problem, though. They can't be numbers from his previous movies because they end up mm-hmm. being numbers in his future movie. Yeah, exactly. You know that. Like, but then he... it's well, I don't know, because maybe that's how you could flesh out um, Claudia, like yeah. Nicole Kidman's character, because yeah. she's in all of his films. So let's see what she you know, did. Yeah, see what she done before. Right. Give I do, her some substance. I do think some of some of their that is what I connected to most of what there was to connect to in the movie was some of the way they talked about art. Like, you know, you, at the very beginning, it's the very beginning thing, and the, it all went downhill from there. But whatever the line is, like, you kill what your you art. What do you mean, like, the very opening monologue? Like, the yeah. very opening monologue. <laughs> like, you yeah. kill your art so many times throughout it. First you dream it, and then mm-hmm. you, kill, you kill it when you write it down. You kill your film several times, <laughs> mostly by talking about it. A film is a dream. You, you kill it writing it down, you kill it with a camera. You, the film might come to life for a moment or two and your actors breathe life back into it, but then it dies again, buried in film cans. Mysteriously, sometimes, in the editing room, a miracle happens when you place one image next to another so that when finally an audience sits in the dark, if you're lucky, very lucky, and sometimes I've been lucky. The dream flickers back to life again. That's why I'm secretive. And maybe, just maybe, when you put it in a theater, for some people you have a small chance of possibly recreating that dream you once had. Like, that's yep. beautiful and a wonderful... I feel that in making theater, in, you know, making all sorts of things all the time. And then, you know, it doesn't take it anywhere. Um, but totally. I've, I've also, I, I sympathize with the concept of, like, non-specific, moody artist writer's block. Yeah. Like, you know, trying to find the inspiration, knowing that, yeah, I was, I was a lighting design major at one point in my life. And one of the most important things the lighting design professor ever said was, if you're going to design light from the stage, you must set aside time to be outside in the real world to look at light. Mm. Because if you don't exactly. do that, you can never find the thing to bring on stage. And, like, I I sympathize with that, and I connect with the, like... Totally. To, to do the art, you have to do your life, and sometimes it's hard to keep the two apart. And, it you know, it makes it sad for me that it's just a, uh-huh. a poor production. 
of it. Well, that's that's it. It's because I don't believe I, I don't really believe him as an artist. Yeah, you know, if you've got, you've got like your um, Georges Seurat from mm-hmm. Sunday Depart with George. Yeah. You, you know, you've got um, Thingy from Merrily. Mm-hmm. These people who are struggling artists. Yes. Yeah. Not struggling, like successful. Successful, but, but that we are watching them struggle through their art. Yeah, because that's such a human thing. That yeah. is such. It's not like, hey, I'm at the top of my game, and right. look how easy it is because yeah. I'm so good. It's no, I'm good, but I need to be better, right. and that's hard. Yeah. And I just don't feel you get that with Guido. It's just no. like you're just not trying, mate. Right. Like, and it's it's a thing that like you know we see it in art. We see art about art all the time because it's easy to write what you know. And if there's one thing, yeah. you know, you the moment you're in your writer's block and you start writing your musical about writer's block, this is what you end up with. That's right. It just... The whole heteronormative male-female dichotomy seems secondary and unnecessary <laughs> yeah. to what the story is trying to be. And so it either... Exactly. It needs to swing in one or the other direction. Not that I'm saying you have to get rid of the female relationship in this, how anti-feminist, but there's, you know, it either needs to be more about this writer's block that he's having, or mm-hmm. more about how the women in his life are pulling him in and out of this. Yeah. Not just that he happens to be writing a movie about these women he happens to be experience through his Casanova existence. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's, it's like... It, because I kind of toyed with this and like tried to work out, but what what is it that eventually inspires him? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I mean? And because uh, like if you when he goes back and thinks about Sarah Gina when he was nine, like yeah. that's you know she taught him about love and right. it was kind of how that affected him down the line and why he's a bit mm-hmm. of a misogynist. Yeah, and you know when he thinks about his mom, she told him to be like pure and mm-hmm. you know be be yourself. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm just like I, I don't know what. There's just too many strings. Yeah, yeah, and they don't tie together well. No, and do you know what? Oh, this is one of the things. Like, it, there's uh, it's the flashback, mm-hmm. real life. Yeah, not real life. Someone else's perspective. Yeah, there's just too much well, going on and in that's, this. There's that's you- where I think the movie did themselves a disservice because in the it's like the first stage directions in the script. Um, and mm-hmm. you get ready for me to butcher some names again. Oh, God. Lights up on a large white-tiled room, enormous windows mm-hmm. in the rear. Around the room, there are white-tiled boxes. The place bears a resemblance to a steam bath in a sanatorium or a spa. Mm-hmm. The sense is conveyed of a dream space, perhaps one by Magritte, or I think it's De, de Corco. It's Chorco, but I think it's pronounced De, de Corco. They're... Surrealist paintings. You know their paintings. Um, Magritte, right. Magritte did Sinista uh, and Peep. This is not a pipe. Um, he did Amazing. the painting of the guy with the bowler hat, but the apple in front of him. Like weird, strange, surrealist paintings, like weird cutouts uh-huh. into blue dreamscapes with pigeons and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Totes. Uh, the other guy, uh, Kuroko does strange, surrealist, landscape-looking things with weird humanoid figures. You know, not melting clocks, but if you picture that in your mind, you're in the right ballpark. Right, so, like, similar to Dolly, but not Dolly. But not Dolly. And so that is the world of the play. Not this Uh flash somewhere else, be real life, but everything is mixed together all at once. And the first number Mm -hmm. is... 
uh, Guido is having dinner with Luisa and not being able to pay attention to a single thing his wife says because behind him, every single other woman in his life is singing the overture. Yes. And he can't deal with that, so he gets up, pulls out a conductor's baton, and takes control over it. Mm -hmm. And there is no border between the real life and the imagined. Yes. And that makes it more successful. I still think there would be things to improve of the stage play, but even from there, mm -hmm. you've already set, set yourself up with a much more interesting concept. Well, it's a, it is a concept. Yeah. It's, it's a surrealist musical concept. And that's why, you know, Folie Berger is such a, a weird and important number when it, it you know, not, not uh, Judy Dench sings the cinema is so existentialist today. We mm -hmm. need something concrete. Meanwhile, you're watching an existentialist musical. Like that is the, you know, it, it's, it's um, Hamlet's monologue to the players. Yeah. Whenever an artist is talking about their art, you know there's some deeper commentary to it there. When there's art about art, we're commenting on the thing. And I don't know, I, feel, I just feel like um, Rob Marshall could have done that. Yeah. I, 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 don't know why he, I don't know why he didn't. I don't know whether... Yeah, I don't know. Because it's... The, the thing is, is his introduction to the film, mm. apart, if you kind of exclude the monologue, yeah. his um, thing for the, like, overture, mm. and that big sort of soundstage... Yeah, where, where we introduce all everything. the women and they all march out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's the thing, is it's just like an introduction of, to every woman. Yeah. It's not... Here's this real-life relationship that right. he's got with Marion Cotillard yeah. and all of the other women. Right. It's, she's one of them as well. Right. Like, it's, it's just the wrong actually, way. Actually, she's not, like... Because that's the thing, is like she she isn't the inspiration. She's the real life. She's the kind of anchor right. to yeah. everything else. Yeah. And like that's that's one of the things that I think the stage musical does so well is he has been married to his wife for, you know, twenty or thirty years. Yeah, exactly. And you spend a lot of the musical wondering if these encounters with his mistress are happening right now. Or are flashbacks, or are somewhere in mm -hmm. the middle? Like, is it a fantasy? Is it what he or... wishes happening right now? Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the stage play, he, as he's making up his mu uh, his movie to someone, I don't even remember who, it's the whole, um, the Grand Canal sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he describes his difficulty in his life, and then everyone in the movie that he's describing is, you know, his Casanova character is played by him, and the wife is played by his wife, and the mistress is played by his mistress, and then it becomes real. And that's beautiful, and that's stunning. Uh -huh. And it doesn't happen in the movie. No, it doesn't. At all. Oh, dear. Oh. It's such, and it's, do you know what? It's, it's weird, because in this kind of day and age, I think most people are going to know the movie mm -hmm. more than the show. For sure. It's, you know, it's only ever been on in London once, and it was a tiny production in the Donmar. Yeah. You know, there's been two overstates by, and yeah. they've done. That's the thing is they've done really well, mm -hmm. and I I kind of wish I've seen a good production of it now yeah. because I I want to I want to like it yeah. because I think as a nice concept piece it'd probably nice be really interesting. It's got some nice music to it, mm -hmm. and while you know Chicago immortalized Chicago. Mm. I don't think it nine is no. immortalized nine. No, it's it's set all. up the wrong expectation. Like it's not a Which show about a, a man and his women. It's a show about a man and his art and uh -huh. like with his women. With yes, with exactly. Ah, oh. I know. 
One woman's not enough for you, Guido. One's plenty if she's you, Claudia. <laughs> not true. You need two, Guido. My charming Casanova. Casanova? Me? Casanova. One thing that I really treat about tea uh-huh. is um, what other people think. Oh yeah, I am really, I'm really interested because I mean, as far as I can see, the mm. movie isn't well liked by many. Right. Maybe not most. Maybe, maybe not most. Um, yeah. But certainly many don't like, uh-huh. and I want to know: is there anyone out there who listens to this who loves it? Yeah. And what is it? What you know, are we missing? Yeah, for sure. And it, it, you know, we all are different people from different backgrounds, and that's the joy of living mm-hmm. in this crazy spaceship Earth that we do. That yeah, we all have different. Because I mean, what do you think about this? Yeah, you might not want to talk about this. I want to. <laughs> Being homosexual men, right? Uh huh. Yeah, it's a very heterosexual piece. That's absolutely true. Right? And not even to the point of, like, there's some slight flamboyance or slight, mm-hmm. you know, dubiosity. I yeah. don't know. But it's very heterosexual. And yeah. I've often thought, is like, is it just because I'm gay right. that I'm like, that I, don't... I don't get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a question I had while watching this. Um, because right, okay. It is it is his journey through his, you know, heterosexual relationships with women. Mm-hmm. Which is the thing I don't know all that much about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, if, if you do the mind experiment where you make it a, a big old gay movie, uh-huh. and it's the nine men in his life, right. I don't find the same sympathy. Like, I wouldn't be able to connect with that movie either. Yeah. But maybe that's something innately different. Or maybe not. That's it. Maybe it is. Maybe so if I mean I don't know if we have any heterosexual male <laughs> listeners. We love you, straight listeners. But I am intrigued to know: do yeah. you do you get it? Yeah. Is that is right. that a thing? Are there women out there who love it? Right. I personally don't think I would. No. I mean, I also I especially wouldn't like Guido. I also think well, like I re rewatched the trailer. That's a big selling point of this movie. Is right, okay. scantily clad women dancing. Right. If you like scantily clad women dancing, you know, it's like the Pocahontas effect. Yeah. That's another thing. Because it's a musical, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get very many straight men coming in. Because yeah. there are a few straight men, I don't want to offend anyone, there are a few straight men out there who aren't as into musicals. Yeah. For, for, especially musicals about art. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. Musical theatre has a, seems to appeal more to the, you know, the gay people out there. It's hard. It's a it's a tricky thing to talk about. It's hard. About. I don't want to offend anyone, but heck, we've been offended all our lives. All so our lives. Time for some offense. Take that. Joe straight. <laughs> the gays bite back. God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, that's a good question. Maybe somewhere in the writing room, they were like, now we know we're going to get the mute. Like, this is a legitimate thing that could happen on some, mm-hmm. in some, you know, 
focus group about the movies that are coming out from the movie studio this year. Mm -hmm. We know the movie Nine the Musical is going to get this specific demographic. Yes. What can we do to make it more marketable to this other demographic? Mm -hmm. And there's, I I think, a non-zero chance that the inclusion and playing up of more scantily clad women was a marketing choice. Yeah. Because it's not even in the stage play. Like, no. they're all quite conservative. Even yeah. Sarah Gina. Even, I mean, it, she's you know the I mean? only girl in that number. And then there's a bunch yeah. of little, you know, kids. Whereas in the Just stage, in the, yeah, in the movie, it's, you know, like a hundred women wearing very little. They re- You know, for um, Penelope Cruz, they really pushed the sex on that. Yeah. In the stage show, yeah. was certainly the one with um, Jane Krakowski. Yeah. It's... Uh, she's much more conservative. She has yeah. some lovely silk work. Yeah, but in in the film, mm-hmm. she, she she touches her little bit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, the, I mean the 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 movie Intense. like bleeds sex and you know straight guy like girl sex, and uh-huh. that, that's a corner of the world that we are not experts in. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really not. And that's the thing. Like, I really, I, when, you know, I listen to A Call from the Vatican, mm-hmm. I'm not like, gosh, I'm so turned on. Right. I'm like, you're like that's huh, a fun conceit. Look at this like, cute little novelty number. They think, yeah. think it's the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I like, No, exactly. But it's not. It's Penelope Cruz. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that. Yeah. No, the, you know. as far as I go. It's, it's a movie of strip teases that don't appeal to us. And mm-hmm. that could have to do with our opinions. And maybe that's why we love Marion Cotillard, because we're just like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the one with the soul. I, I can't. Uh, so it's got like a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I can't imagine that only 37% of the people who saw it are the kind who would be, you know, turned on or whatever by <laughs> Lady Striptease. I know. I know. Maybe they were. <laughs> Time to go off on my own You belong in your mother's arms Each of us in our place Will be fine I'll be forty and you'll be You'll be forty and I'll be nine Okay, so Tommy, the time is now. The time is now. What are we going to do to continue Mari Yeston month? Well, probably not do another Mari Yeston musical. <laughs> I think that sounds fair. I think that sounds absolutely fair. So if you're... <laughs> if you're banking on that Titanic, sorry. You're, it's not going to happen. You're, you're, Wait till like three years down the line. You might, you might say out. your hopes are sunk. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you went there. Um... Actually, for the record, Titanic's not that bad. That's fine. But anyway, it's, a, it's, it, it's not great. If it hadn't, so if we it, could do better. I think if Titanic hadn't come out the same year as uh, you know the movie, uh, things would have been better. Um, mm-hmm. But we have picked a show. 
Uh, it's a Stephen Sondheim show. And oh, who's he? I, I, he? He seems like a neat guy. I don't know if I've heard any of his shows before, though. So we'll, we'll see how that, this goes. Mm-hmm. But we have developed this quiz question that if you figure out the answer to this question, you'll know what show we're doing next time. Yes, indeed. You ready for this question? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Sondheim has said that musical comedies aren't written, they are rewritten. This musical of his, arguably one of his longest writing processes, took at least 32 years of revision before Sondheim deemed it, quote, fixed to his satisfaction. What musical? That's it. Sondheim can't get no satisfaction. Get no satisfaction. Is that how that song goes? Oh, I was thinking, I can't get no oh. satisfaction. I might have made up my song there. I think yours is the real song. <laughs> I quite like yours, though. It probably is a 70s disco hit somewhere. Probably. Probably. I know Sondheim's a big fan of, of 70s disco. 70s disco. I, can you imagine running into Sondheim at a 70s disco? Yes, of course I can. And Phil, what do you think he did? More importantly, why isn't that a television show? Um... What, Sondheim in the disco? Sondheim at the disco. Right after Liza Minnelli turns That's... off a lamp. <laughs> right, exactly. I would watch that. Oh my god, if I saw Sondheim in a club. Back in the 70s, not now. Right, obviously. No. I mean, even now, you know, my reaction would be different, but I think matched with uh, equal intensity. Yeah, I find him. I think he's. I think he was really sexy when he was younger. <laughs> I, did I show you that? I did. I showed you that picture, That's true. didn't I? A, when I want a, framed. A very in, suave looking young. Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. I wonder how much he aged over the writing of this musical that we're doing about next time, over those 32 years. Well, probably 32 years. At least 32 years, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. You know, how he looks. Exactly. Um, I'm so excited to talk about a musical that I'm a big fan of. It's a great great show. You're all gonna love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have Cheetos either? I think we did, and then they just disappeared. What? We have Watsits, which are the same thing. What's, what's a Watsit? It's like a, a Cheeto. A puffy cheese thing? Is a there, puffy cheese thing, Because yeah. we have Chester the Cheetah who covered. sells Cheetos. Do you yeah. have, do you have what's, no. what's it the Wombat? Do you know what? I think there was a Watsit character. Yeah. I'm now going to look this up. Was he a Wombat? Um, I hope so. Watsit. No, there was no character. Oh, they should have a Wombat. And then... What's it the wombat and Chester the cheetah should like battle it out over whose cheese puff snack is more delicious. Right. And I'm sure what's it the wombat would win because the UK <laughs> is great. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.